We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. One of our regular Reardon Roundtable participants, former State Senator John Lamping, is with us to talk about several issues, including Senator Hawley's column that was in the Washington Post. Lamping, how are you this evening? Mark, I'm doing great. Hey, I was thinking about that Spain trip you're doing. Do you realize the euro is like almost at parity with the dollar? That's going to be such a huge boost to your trip. It's going to be so much fun. You know, that actually is a great point, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I have been aware of that, but I think it's going to be great. Look, it's going to be a great trip. Have you been there before to Spain? No, I've been all over Europe, but not to Spain, and I'm, I'm disappointed when you're going. We're actually going to go to Israel at the end of February. That's kind of our trip for the first half of the year, so... Sorry to miss it, but there's always next time, I'm sure. Well, I went, you know, I went to this, um, it was a high school trip in 1983. I remember going back to my house in Baldwin one night. This kind of sticks out to me. Spring break came up, and in, in my life, spring break wasn't a thing. It never became a thing, except for this year. And I kind of joked with my mom and dad at the dinner table one night, John. Uh, I said, I'm going to Spain for uh, spring break. And they looked at me like, well, they're doing a trip at school. And for whatever reason, they, they bit and they, they funded said trip, and it was a great experience. It really was. Oh, so that's awesome. I'm looking that's forward to getting back. All right, before we get into I, I do want to talk to you about what Senator Hawley said in the Washington Post piece, but what, what's, your, what's your takeaway here today on the Gr- Brittany Griner release? Because that's the story of the day. Well, I have the same take the whole country has, that it was a, it's, a, it's a farce of a trade. It's the worst trade ever. And uh, it's, it's remarkable that um, this administration is claiming it's a big success, like they did something positive. I, I saw plenty of liberals that thought it was a really bad trade. But, uh, and, you know, we're, we're at war with Russia, a proxy war with Russia, and we've released a guy that I – mean, how, many, how many tens of thousands of people could die in the Ukraine as a result of this? It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, unfortunately it is, and I think we're stuck with it at, at this point. And I don't know what's going to happen to Mr. Whalen, but we'll, um, we'll hope and pray that his family has a resolution – Soon enough. So <clears throat> Senator Hawley wrote this piece, the headline in The Washington Post, the GOP is dead. A new GOP must listen to working people. And he said this, many Republicans are primed to learn all the wrong lessons from this cycle. Over the past week, we've heard the election is about nothing more than, quote, 
candidate quality, unquote, or turnout operations. Wrong. Says the problem isn't principally the tactics. The problem is the substance. For the past two years, the Republican establishment in Washington has capitulated on issue after issue, caving to Democrats on the Second Amendment and the left's radical climate agenda quote-unquote infrastructure, he says. These Republican politicians sided with Big Pharma on insulin and advocated lowering tariffs on our competitors overseas. Then they wonder why working-class independents have little enthusiasm about voting Republican. I don't disagree with Senator Hawley that Republicans need to and should pay attention to the working class. Obviously, John, this was something that clicked with um, independent voters when Trump was running. They realized that the Democrats had abandoned them. But I also think it's a little naive and being dishonest here to say the candidate quality wasn't a big part or the turnout because it was. And that that's what frustrates me about all these hits on the establishment. And I know that you take a lot of hits and you and I disagree on this. But when he says this, you know, Washington has capitulated on issue after issue. Where has that happened where the electorate is saying, no, we're not going to vote for Republicans and we'd rather vote for Democrats? No, well, with, with Josh, Josh is a very keen ear. He understands what's going on in the populist movement. And and, and, and he recognizes the fact that this is this will be the, this is the third election cycle when you look to see, well, who actually votes for Republicans? And it's the working class, men and women, non-college educated men and women overwhelmingly vote for Republicans. And then it's married people that vote for Republicans. And then what he's doing is he's, he's saying, look, what, what's the Republican policy agenda been as recently as 2017 and 2018? And it's to focus on corporate America. The first thing that, that uh, Paul Ryan did when, he, you know, when we had all the majorities, they passed a corporate tax cut. Uh, we we continue well, to focus okay. on. Well, let, let, hang on a second. Okay. Good, good. I mean, what? Why is that? Look, I think that the corporate tax rate should be zero. By the way, I, I didn't see a lot of non-establishment Republicans saying we shouldn't do that. By the way, and I think Senator Hawley voted for it. No, well, well he wasn't actually, in there yet. Uh, actually, uh, the the Republican Party in corporate America, they don't want the uh, they don't lobby for the elimination of the corporate tax rate. What they lobby for are carve-outs specific to them. Okay, so what Josh is saying, look, Republican Party, what do you focus on when you get a chance to be in charge? What, what, what's your priority when it comes to legislation? And for far too often, it's, it's prioritizing the Chamber of Commerce and their, and their agenda. And by the way, their agenda doesn't, it doesn't – it trickles down maybe to the middle class, but their agenda includes open trade, open borders. It includes – Amnesty for illegals, which you know, which suppresses the wage rates of working class people, and 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 then more importantly, whatever you you think you're doing for the middle class and whatever you think you're doing for families, you don't make it part of your uh, agenda. You make it obvious, you know. And it, also in that article, Josh talked about how what's important to the and these are like traditional people, working class people, married people. What's important to them. Is is their their quality of life, respect the economics, their culture, and they we see constantly the the right caves and, and negotiates with with the left on culture, and and he just he recognizes that's who the Republican Party is, and the Republican Party, uh, you know, they'll they'll the wink and a nod. Well, where have they? Where have they? Let me let me do this bit by bit. Where have they caved on culture? Where has the establishment caved on culture? Well, they're just, they're doing it just right now. The Defense of Marriage Act, or whatever it's called. Josh uh, didn't vote for that. Yeah. Well, 
is there another example? Yeah, well, I mean, look, what, what's the issue with the Defense of Marriage Act? I, I, I support a lot of what's in the Defense of Marriage Act. I, I think that they probably I'd, I'd like to look at what amendments finally made the cut. There were certainly some concerns that I had. And we featured some guests in the last couple of weeks about where, you know, this would place religion, obviously, in, in freedom yeah. for religious people. So, yeah, there was some issue on that. But you know that all these things are a form of negotiation and compromise. I know that's a dirty word. Well, no, there's no compromise. I mean, 13 Republicans cross party lines, and this bill will become law without any of those protections in place. And we know we've had, and these these are serious objections that conservatives have. have. You know, in the last administration, uh, the previous, in the Biden administration, Obama administration, you know, they they went out of their way to try to stop Catholic organizations from facilitating a, a, a adoptions because they didn't believe with their in their pro life stance. Look. The, there's no. The point that is to say, though, is Mark, is that the Republican Party has to recognize that these cultural issues are important to the people that vote for them. I think they realize. Look what's happened across the country. They they. I just got off a, a big segment about what happened in Loudoun County. I don't see how Republicans are not dialed into the cultural issues. They are. Well, in in the article you referenced with the Joshua, he talked about the you know, parents' bill of rights. Why isn't that part of, of what the Republican Party uh, establishment is talking about? There's nowhere in, in D.C. other than like in that major, the minority of Republicans that Josh is in in the Senate that vote against most of the things that, that the Republican Party is voting for, the establishment is voting for. I know you don't like that word establishment. I don't but- like it because I think if you look at the voting record of Josh Hawley versus Roy Blunt, it's 90 percent the same, 95 yeah. percent the same. Yeah, but Mark, it's those five percent of the most important. You look at the votes that Blunt took the last eighteen months, ever since he declared he wasn't running for re-election. Those are horrible votes. The vote for Biden's green infrastructure bill. I mean, every bill since Blunt announced he wasn't running for re-election, there's ten or eleven or twelve Republicans that voted for it, and it's always Roy. And Roy's name's the first alphabetically, so he's always at the top of the list. And now. It's just so cynical, Mark, because in all those years when he was thinking about running for re-election, he was never the one crossing party lines to vote for those things. But he did a very establishment thing, which is I'm out of office. I'm soon to be a lobbyist, so I'll be the one that crosses these lines. Uh, look, Josh, I, I, I like what Josh said. I believe in what he has to say. I don't think he'll be successful. The, the both parties' establishment hate populists. They, do, they, they will work together across party lines to crush populism, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of it. Well, I mean, I think we just view things philosophically very different. I, I, I wouldn't support everything, certainly, that Senator Blunt has done, but what's—okay, let, let, let me approach it this way. What does Josh Hawley and the non-establishments want specifically that they can't get right now? And more importantly, follow-up question— What's the path to achieving that? Okay, well, he's again. He outlined very specifically in the article. He thinks we need to go, re- return to tariffs. That he thinks that there's uh, very critical industries that should be protected. That we should uh, that we should reintroduce uh, tariffs that Trump introduced. That Biden completely unwound his first day in office through executive order. He mentioned specifically the Parents' Bill of Rights should become codified, and he talked about tax. Uh, tax credits, tax cuts for families, for parents, very specific things like expanded child tax credit. And those are all things that, you know, he lists. And, and I think there's more. The, the, the reason it's not going to happen is that those aren't things that interest Mitch McConnell. 
Those are things that the Chamber of Commerce do not like. Tariffs, oh, my God. The Chamber of Commerce is completely against tariffs. You know, you look back historically, the person that's considered the absolute most conservative president of all time was Calvin Coolidge, and the principal plank of his platform were tariffs. So that's what Josh is, uh, would like to see. I'd like to see it. And uh, how's it going to happen? It's not going to happen because Josh and populism is in the minority in the country, and and there will be a bipartisan effort to squash it. And okay, but you you but John, people, when he makes the case that this is where I think he's absolutely wrong, um, when he just writes off the candidate quality and everything else. There aren't people out there saying, I'm voting because of tariffs and free trade. There's not one person that went to the polls to vote for a midterm candidate here a few weeks ago that had that in the top 100 issues on their mind. They just didn't. No. Well, Mark, what he's, what he's suggesting is the Republican Party needs to make itself anew, start over from scratch, have these things be in their platform. I agree with you. They're not in their platform now. And yes, candidate quality had a lot to do with the success or failure of this midterm. Let's just say that we had a bunch of, of Kemp's, we had a bunch of uh, Lisa Murkowski's running. Let's, let's say a Lisa Murkowski-like character won in Arizona and they won in Georgia, and we had the majority in the Senate. What would the Senate take up? But they wouldn't I, take I, up look, anything. I don't think you can make that. You can't make that analogy because Lisa Murkowski you know, represents a very specific area. And clearly Brian Kemp is representing Georgia in a way that people in Georgia wanted to elect him, and they didn't want to elect Herschel Walker. So you can talk about people like that, and they're too wishy-washy or they're too you know, uh, establishment. But then the question becomes, do you want to win or do you not want to win? Doesn't it? Because you can run someone, you know, Trump didn't like Brian Kemp, let's get Kemp out of there, run someone. Well, then you give the, the governor's mansion to a Democrat in Georgia. Congratulations. Well, what Josh is asking, asking the country to do is to take a principled stand and to believe in what they believe in, even if it requires them to be in the minority for some period of time. And, you know, what's interesting is, is we're in the minority now. And it, it'll be curious to see if the country awakens to these ideas if people like Josh can espouse them. Look, Trump Trump kind of stumbled into these ideas. I think, you know, when you talk about Trump's policies being, you know, fair trade, not free trade, closed border, those kind of things. But he's not a very good carrier of that message. You see DeSantis try to adopt some of those those ideas. Josh can speak quite well in those ideas. And whether or not the country awakens to them, responds to them, and puts those ideas in the majority is, remains to be seen. I mean, the title of his article was, we need to start the Republican Party over from scratch, essentially. And I agree with you. It's not going to go immediately into the majority. But I believe that that's where the, the, the party should get to. It's a long way from there. Uh, former Senator John Lapping, one of the other things he said is no more fiddling with Social Security in the guise of entitlement reform. What does that even mean? So is Senator Hawley's approach to not even worry about the future of Social Security? Because people like you and I, we're fine. If you're over the age of 50... None of these changes to Social Security are ever, ever, ever talking about any kind of implications for people over the age of 50 years old. But we're talking about the fact that when the rest of us retire and we're doing it at record pace, younger and younger, because we don't want to work and we want to just move on to the next part of our lives, that there's not going to be money for younger people. So for him to say fiddling with Social Security when there are legitimate, and by the way, you can fix Social Security. It's Medicare that's the issue. So why do you just write that off as a non-issue? So as Republicans, you're not supposed to talk about fiscal responsibility for the country, which is a constitutional responsibility? 
Well, we're just kidding ourselves, Mark. We have fiscal responsibility. I mean, the two budgets that Paul Ryan passed in, in, in 2017 and 2018 were trillion-dollar out of balance. Republicans are – what Josh is saying, look, stop talking about fiscal responsibility when, when you can't even balance a budget. All, you're printing money left and right. You, I mean, the Republican Party was in the majority and created the PPP loan program that gave away probably a trillion dollars. So what he's saying is, look, why, how is it, Republican Party, that you can stop and talk about entitlement reform at the drop of a hat? And, and meanwhile, on one hand, and on the other hand, you've got trillion-dollar budgets out of balance, and you're doing corporate, you know, carve-outs for your, your cronies. It's like it's clear that the priority of the party is the Chamber of Commerce and not the blue-collar well, person out in France. That's like fine, but you that know what the blue-collar Social Security, right? But you know what the blue-collar person has? They have four hundred one k's, and he he doesn't want to. He says we we want to you know, not focus on higher stock prices for Wall Street. Well, I, I guess we don't worry about Wall Street anymore. So we're on the side of the Democrats on that. Let's jack up the corporate rate and let's not worry about what people are going to retire on because nobody has pensions these days. So that's confusing to me. I think that's a mixed message. I don't think that's what the American people are looking for. Look, Mark, blue-collar people don't have 401ks and they don't have pensions either, Mark. Sure, they have Only 401ks. 40- but working-class people have 401ks. No, 41, 47% of the country has a 401k, Mark. And the vast majority of the money held in the 401ks are in the top 10% of the country. So, no, I, I, I get it. I, I, where the Republican Party's been, uh, I, I think— So failed. what's the solution for the people who don't have a 401k and they don't have a pension? What's Republican Josh Hawley going to do for those people without spending money, out of curiosity? Well, what he what he what he's saying in his article is our policies our policies have led us to the point where families cannot survive on a single income uh, because we've outsourced everything we've built everything outside this country high paying blue collar jobs don't exist. You know what seventy four year old people do, Mark, that don't have pensions, don't have four one ks. They work at the Walmart in Franklin County. That's what they do. Walk into any of these. Look at the job growth in this country the last fifteen years. It's all people over the yeah. age of 60 right. going back to work. But all these things can be true, and at the same time, it can be true that there is no real solution from Josh Hawley on these issues either. Because this is just, let's throw the gauntlet down, let's blow it up, let's burn it down, let's build it from scratch. That's not a realist. I mean, I'm a realist. That's the thing. That's not a realistic approach with how to deal with the issues moving forward as a party. I just don't think it is. I think it's a realistic way for Josh Hawley to build his profile in Washington, but it's not a profile that really solves any problems. Well, I, I, and by I, the way, as you know, I'd love to ask Senator Hawley these questions, but he won't come on anymore because he's like tough I know, questions. I, so. I know. He, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think he understands the populist movement. He can articulate the populist movement. And, but it's easy for critics to suggest that he's only doing it to gain a political advantage. I understand that critique as well. All right. Well, listen, I think I think I don't disagree with everything that he says. I just think he's not being realistic here and he's out for himself. Senator, I appreciate it. Thank you, John <laughs> okay. Lamping. Yeah, all politicians are. I get it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sue is not in the studio right now. She did traffic. She had to take off um, to a production studio. But she she's provided the same show sheet that Fred gives me every day with the schedule and she looks at it because she wasn't sure what was happening here for the next second and she goes John Ziegler all right here we go she was excited because she knows she you bring it Zig you bring the fire on the show how are you this afternoon wow um the weight of expectations no I think you're gonna meet those expectations how you doing I'm hanging in there. Did you um, did you assist in the negotiations for getting Brittany Griner back to this country? Were you part of yeah, that by I, any chance? Yeah, I made sure that the, the announcement was made after the midterm elections <laughs> were completely over so that there would be no repercussions. Uh, but, but, Come I mean, on, John, that's just a coincidence. They didn't wait till after the election. There's not a chance of that, right? Well, to me, that's that's a smoking gun that it's a bad deal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, all, yeah. We, all, we all know that these things take months, right? So if the Biden administration thought they had cut a great deal, they would have made sure that this happened as soon as possible, if not before the midterms, at least before the Georgia runoff, right? So there's a reason why it got announced two days afterwards. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that she's back, and and it's ridiculous that she was held in the first place. But this is what the the Russians wanted. Are you committing a thought crime by saying she? Because I I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, well, that's actually a good point. I've already already misgendered a few people here this afternoon, so I better be careful because I'll be taken down. Uh, But you can't you can't make the case that this was an equal swap. And, And I don't you know, one of the big problems, obviously, people have talked about this, John. How do you how do you prevent the Russians from taking an American in the future and expecting they're going to get the same deal because they won this one? That's the worst part of this whole situation. We have now created a massive incentive for any American uh, who fits a certain profile that they think, you know, will create publicity in America for, you know, at least among the woke crowd, that uh, you will be taken and given raw justice because why wouldn't you be? You are now a bona fide bargaining trip and, you know, to be used to the benefit of a foreign air adversary, no matter who that adversary is. I mean, that's a fact. That is that is now, for 100 percent certain, a huge incentive that was created by this. And that alone, that alone, forget about the fact that this was a lousy swap. That alone would make this deal illegitimate at its foundation. Let, let me I want to talk about um, a couple other things and then we'll get into some of the death of journalism stuff you're doing. You're still doing the podcast, right? 
<laughs> as far as I know, yes, we put, we put out episode 14 today of the death of journalism with uh, I, I me know, and Liz Habib. You, you did indicate to me a couple of weeks ago, and I wasn't sure if you were being snarky, that the thing might might have hit a roadblock, so I just wanted to make sure. No, we're, we're still going two episodes a week, and um, you know well, there's always lots to talk about on that topic, that's for sure. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to circle back, so hold your thoughts on that, but on... DA, your DA out there, your woke DA, George Cascone, he, what did he do here? He said to prosecutors, hey, don't worry about overcharging or even charging properly because if that happens, these people might be deported. So let's reduce the charges so they're not sent back to their countries. Yeah, that's about it. Um, you know, we where Los Angeles is trying very hard to become San Francisco. Uh, we got rid of our uh, sheriff. We uh, we um, the only person during COVID who was remotely a sane person was uh, was voted voted out of office after the board of supervisors had basically cut his knees off because they had they had put on the ballot the ability for them to get rid of him if he wasn't voted out of office uh, um i mean we basically are going to live in anarchy i mean that's that's not an exaggeration and this is what happens i say this all the time on your show but this is what happens when you have one party rule yes when you have one one party rule this will always happen now Unfortunately, it seems to be happening only with Democrats in charge. I honestly don't. By the way, it doesn't seem to be happening in places like South Dakota, where where you have uh, only one party rule in the other direction. It's only it's only one party rule when it's Democrats for some reason. Because what we're learning is that Democrats, you know, post COVID now feel free to be fascists and uh, and and anarchists, and and it's really just unbelievable. Um, it's an upside down world, but it's coming to you if you're not careful. So, so please be careful. Oh, on the topic of uh, masking and everything, you guys are ramping up out there. I've been reading the L.A. Times. Will you mask up again? A January mandate looms for L.A. if COVID-19 wave worsens. That's from the L.A. Times today. I mean, I, I think that the um, the answer to that would be hell no. But in L.A., and I'm guessing people around here will try to do it, too. They're going to try to force masking again, John. Well, that's been the rumor for quite a while. Barbara Ferreira, uh, the health director in Los Angeles, who literally looks like the most unhealthy person on the planet, uh, is obsessed with masks, of course, except when it comes to herself and uh, her vacations and going to ball games and that kind of thing, which she does on free tickets uh, that she gets, for, I'm, for, I'm sure, for purely coincidental reasons. Um, uh, here's the thing on the masking. You and I both know masks don't work, but the part of this that is so bizarre about Los Angeles and masking is that we had this thing called the Super Bowl, where last year <laughs> I know, I the, love Super this. Bowl, the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles yeah. after we had had months and months of mask mandates, and they gave everybody at the game N95 masks. No one wore them. Nobody. It's it, nobody. It is effectively an indoor stadium, packed house. Everybody at the Super Bowl is there with no masks, and nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing. Now, in a remotely rational world, someone would go, you know, maybe these mask mandates don't make a damn bit of difference. Um, instead, crickets. No one mentioned a word about it. I mean, the, the, to me, the Super Bowl, of, among a thousand other data points, was the ultimate proof that the mask mandate thing was garbage. And yet here we are, not even a year later, not even a year later, and they are with a straight face saying, hey, we're going to do this again. Now, you know, last time they 
came close to trying. There were certain municipalities within Los Angeles that said, no, we're not doing it. We're not going to enforce it. But, um, you, know, I, it, you know, I think, frankly, the sheriff losing might have been why Barbara Ferrer now thinks she can get away with this, because he was one of those that said, I'm not going to enforce any mask mandate. And, um, you know, and so now she may feel as if she has the, the, the authority to do it. Uh, it's just insane. And in, in a weird way, I'm actually hoping they do, because I want, I want the rest of the country to realize just how completely out of their minds the far left has become and how this is a religion that has absolutely nothing to do with science. No, nothing. And they keep claiming that in in Fauci's out there still claiming that it's about science when we know. Did you, by the way, you know, our attorney general, soon to be Senator Eric Schmidt, was involved. Did you read any of the Fauci deposition that they took from Louisiana, Missouri? I I was certainly aware of it and I've I've read parts of it. I mean, it didn't. I mean, it was infuriating. I didn't see anything that was a massive bombshell. I mean, did I did I miss something that was that you thought was? A, no, I don't think that, that I don't nature? think there was a bombshell, but it was just a little bit more illustrative of the inconsistencies and some of the back and forth and uh, maybe the lies that you and I have been aware that that he's told over the the course of months. But I don't know that there would be a bombshell in there. Well, I, I do. I did find the masking stuff to be interesting, um, you know, with regard to tell, telling people that they didn't have to mask. And then that was just before he decided that the whole country needed to be uh, mandated the mask. Um, you know, and I mean, the, the guy to me, that was the smoking gun of what a fraud Fauci was. I mean, he I, I've had people conservatives, Mark, conservatives, Matt Lewis, a guy who very, very well known conservative, who I really respect who buy this notion that Fauci was actually lying just before the the pandemic hit when he said that masks are you know are not effective that he was doing that just to prevent a run on masks and I'm like are you kidding me people really believe this yeah, because come it's on. not what it, no. it wasn't just it wasn't just let me just make this this is very important it wasn't just that he said masks don't work he mocked the idea of masks. And it wasn't just one time. He did it numerous times. The only thing that changed, and it changed not the week of the first, uh, when the pandemic first hit, it, it happened two and a half, three months later, when they realized, they looked around and they realized, oh my God, the country is in such a panic, and they are so thirsting for mask mandates, we have to be in favor we have of to mask give mandates, it to them. yeah, or or we are going to lose our position as the favored experts, and so it becomes this anti-Trump. Trump is a key part of this whole equation. It becomes an anti-Trump virtue signal, and once it becomes an anti-Trump virtue signal. There's no going back. That's, There's no exa- going you back. You nailed it, Zig. That's exactly what happened, and that's what I think continues to this day. So let's talk about the podcast, The Death of Journalism. I'm guessing you're going to get in. I haven't really talked to you about your opinion on the, the drop from last week with Taibi and the Twitter file. So thoughts on that? Yeah, our last two episodes, episode 13 and 14, which we just released today, deal quite a bit with the Twitter files. Look, I am uh, I abhor censorship of, of any kind, and, and I've even done a uh, television hit on, on News Nation, on Dan Abrams' show, about this, where, um, you know, I, I am not some, I'm, I'm an anti-Trump conservative. The Hunter Biden story never really got my blood flowing because I didn't know that there was really that much there. Um, but it, it is infuriating that in the United States of, in the United States of America, censorship has now become so normalized in a post-COVID era 
that this can happen, and people who are involved in the decisions don't even seem to be that impacted by it. It's like it's no big deal. Yeah, sure, let's censor it. No big deal. Um, it wasn't just the First Amendment that used to have a lot of impact in, in, in the USA. It was a culture of free speech. There's two different things. There's free speech, and then there's the First Amendment. And I'm, I don't think there's a First Amendment issue directly at play here, but this is a free speech issue, and we have lost free speech as a value in our culture, especially at, at the elite levels, especially within big tech. And I think COVID, that was one of the many things that COVID killed was our culture of free speech. And and frankly, you know, Elon Musk is getting all sorts of credit from the right on, on free speech issues. He still hasn't reinstated all sorts of people that got suspended because of being right about COVID in most cases, many of them world-renowned experts. Uh, and I, I don't understand why he hasn't done it. And frankly, it makes me very suspicious of, of Elon Musk. So uh, I think it's an important story. I don't I don't like the way that it was revealed. I mean, in a Twitter thread on a Friday night, uh, um, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. But um, Elon Musk is a bit, uh, you know, he's part James Madison. He's part P.T. Barnum. And, um, you know, I guess this is what you got to take the good with the bad. Have you spent any more time here in the last couple of weeks? I'm guessing you might have. But I've addressed this a couple of times. Where, you know, your buddy, you become somewhat friendly with Matt Lauer. They used to do this bit, where in the world is Matt Lauer, right? Where in the world is Miguel Almagar, the guy who reported on Pelosi on the Today Show and then just disappeared, even though the NBC in San Francisco did the same reporting about a week later? Well, it's funny you mentioned Matt Lauer because I've been talking a bit about him on the podcast recently because of some stories that I think reveal the absurdity of what happened to him, specifically what's going on at ABC, Good Morning America, uh, with with Amy Robach and T.J. Holmes. Uh, and a couple of other stories that I think are are analogous, and I do give an actual update on how Matt is doing now five years after his firing, and, and, and frankly, he's doing quite well. He's one of the happiest people I know, despite what People Magazine and others try to claim uh, you know, uh, in their in their fictitious narratives that they create because he hasn't done an interview in five years. But he's quite he's quite happy. As far as the NBC reporter, I agree with you that it, this is baffling, um, and we have done a lot on the Paul, Paul Pelosi story. And as you know, I, I am not someone that buys any of the uh, contrarian narratives about what happened there. I, I realize that it's a very strange story, and it's bizarre that we don't have more facts or video or audio, and it certainly is understandable why people would question what the hell's going on there, but I, I agree with you. I think the most baffling part of the story right now is that it's been about a month since the reporter who reported that has been on air, and as far as I can tell, the only thing that they screwed up was the sourcing or, or using a source that gave them information that Pelosi had, uh, you know, basically opened the door for the police and then gone back to his attacker when the, he was then attacked, uh, and that that apparently is not accurate based upon what other law enforcement uh, sources have said. We don't know because we haven't seen the video, 
But it, it certainly well, seems right, like but a, the, the, the San Francisco station reported the exact same thing. And well, the, the difference is, is that the local police report, and, and this is where it raises questions. And like you, John, I'm not a conspiracy theorist on this, but I am saying you better explain why there's an inconsistency when the camera that the officer is wearing is going to show that Pelosi answers the door and then moves back toward the assailant. And the Justice Department, the FBI report says that didn't happen. you got to kind of explain that, don't you? I, I agree, although... It's interesting, you know, the local NBC report, which is still up, the national NBC report was taken down and the reporter, as you said, has disappeared. There is a slight difference in those two reports. I mean, we're talking about incredibly very small differences here, but if you listen very carefully to the NBC local report, it doesn't talk about Pelosi going back to the attacker. Um, and so they're, they're, the difference is, is a little bit smaller there. I don't know why that's so significant. But, I, but Mark, I think the most important thing you're saying here is that they're, they, they, almost everything that the authorities have done and NBC has done has fed into the conspiracy theorists. I mean, there's now almost yeah, it's made nothing. it worse. Right. Yeah, exactly. 100%. There's almost nothing that can be done now. Almost nothing that can be done now to ever kill the Paul Pelosi conspiracy theories. That's exactly it, I mean, right. That's and, exactly and, and, right. They've they've made it worse, and that's why I think at the very least you got to make some effort to you know to correct the um, the differences in the reporting. John Ziegler, the episode is what episode 14, the death of journalism, out right now. Yep. Go find it, download it, listen to it. You can hear John get pretty excited about a lot of things, not only in limited form here on 97.1 <laughs> FM Talk. Thank you, Zig. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. All right, take care. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tomorrow is just going to be an awesome day and an awesome evening. We have a Reardon Roundtable. Jane will be here. Uh, Mike Elam from the St. Charles County Council, State Rep Donna Berenger. We'll uh, get a preview of the Mizzou KU game. We got a couple of the guys from El Monstero coming in. And then Kilmeade is coming in for the event at the MAC. How about that? Looking forward to seeing people there. It is sold out, but he's going to sign some books in the lobby afterwards if you uh, want to take Explain that, will that. you? Well, I think Brian's just concerned because it's sold out that if, if you're a fan, if you want to get your book signed, um, you can come and still get it signed. The problem is, is everyone will be upstairs in I the see. event. But he's... The guy is so accommodating, it's unbelievable. Yes, it, it really is unbelievable. Is. And I know he's 
really looking forward to getting into town, but we got to do this here. Playback ready. Now, the audio cut of the day. And it's sponsored by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. It is the story of the day. In this prisoner swap, why did Russia get such a better deal? Look, you know, I've talked about this, uh, and I'll say this again. Here were our choices. Our choices was uh, Brittany or no one at all. Bringing home one American or no American at all. And, and that's that. Professional that's, athlete. We gave up a prolific arms dealer who was convicted of trying to kill Americans, who was called the Merchant of Death. The professional athlete is also an American citizen. So let's not forget that. Who and deserved and so and 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 I have explained how the Russians have illegally uh, treated, totally illegitimately uh, treated his situation. I've been very clear on that. Uh, we've laid that all. We've laid that out for you. Uh, and again, the president felt that this was an opportunity to bring Brittany home. He is going to continue to do everything he can to bring Paul Whelan home, just like he did with Trevor Reed. Well, you know, she didn't really have a good answer, so she just there had isn't to one. Try. No, there is not one, and it's great that she's back, and I'm glad that she's back. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous that she was held for cannabis oil. Utterly ridiculous, yes. sent to a penal colony. But there is no real defense of this trade. No. And why is Peter Ducey the only one asking those questions? <laughs> but there you go. There's your audio cut of the day. Have a great Thursday evening. Reardon Roundtable at 3. It's going to be a fun Friday with our event tomorrow night at the MAC. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.